0: Good morning, I'm Tebby Cruz. It's Wednesday, August 3rd. A mental health crisis in San Diego County. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego officials are declaring a local health emergency over a monkeypox outbreak that's infected at least 46 San Diegans and 800 Californians. The move could help bring more vaccines to the region. Monkeypox can cause painful rashes and sores, in addition to flu symptoms. County Public Health Officer Dr. Wilma Wooten says anyone can become infected, but this current outbreak is spreading mainly among gay and bisexual men. There has been uh, one hospitalization and thankfully no deaths. The ages range from 27 to 58, with a median age of 34. All cases are male. Monkeypox spreads through close contact with an infected person or their bedding or clothing. June was a pandemic record-breaking month for air travel in San Diego. The San Diego airport said it had more than two million passengers in June. It's the first time they've hit that mark since December 2019. Airport officials say the increase of passengers is partly because of an increase in nonstop flights to domestic and international destinations. The Padres announced yesterday that they acquired all-star outfielder Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell from the Washington Nationals before the MLB trade deadline. Longtime Padres fans and San Marcos resident Tom Goad is confident Soto is going to thrive here in San Diego.
1: The fans are the real key here and uh, they're going to turn out for him and
2: the rest of the guys for sure.
0: The 23-year-old most recently won this year's home run derby and comes to the Padres leading the majors with 91 walks. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the
3: local news you need. Hi, I'm Beth Accomando, KPBS arts reporter and host of the Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm also a geeky gourmet who likes to bake food themed to the movies I watch, like Chocolate Blood to Savor with Dracula, or an extra chewy Wookie cookie to enjoy with Star Wars. I'm geeky about the things I love, and that makes me a public radio geek as well. I love being able to connect with audiences just like you through TV, radio, the web, and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. So, are you a KPBS geek? If so, then I'm asking you to get in touch with your inner nerd. And become a member of kpbs today just go to kpbs.org and click the blue give now button and make a donation that's right let's geek out together about the things we love
0: san diego county officials say we're in the midst of a mental health crisis Millions of dollars in additional funding is being allocated in this year's budget. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman looks at how some of the money is being spent.
4: This is the new way to do crisis intervention work. Gone are the days where, you know, you have to just call 911 for a mental health crisis. This is the new way of doing it. This is the new way to get people help in the community.
5: Brianna Lane leads Telecare's mobile crisis response teams in San Diego County. Referred to as MCRT, teams with clinicians are being dispatched to mental health calls instead of police officers, and call volume has been going up month over month since expanding the program countywide.
4: We will serve anyone and everyone, so we'll have a team that goes on a call to a very wealthy family who maybe one individual is struggling with like passive suicidal thoughts to then wrap that call up and go down to 12th and Imperial to someone who is unsheltered and is experiencing psychosis.
1: Hi, I'm CRG. This is Michael.
5: A Mission Valley hub acts as a dispatch center for the crisis response teams. If someone calls 911 now for a mental health emergency, these teams can respond instead. It's one piece of the county's efforts to turn the behavioral health system away from a crisis response to one that works similar to healthcare. That includes diverting people away from emergency services who might not need them.
1: We see um, you know, huge numbers of people, disproportionate uh, numbers of folks with behavioral health conditions showing up to emergency departments. Incredible work happens in emergency departments. There are amazing physicians and healthcare practitioners in emergency departments. But emergency departments are not designed to care for folks with behavioral health conditions.
5: Luke Bergman oversees San Diego County's behavioral health services. This year's budget calls for a $70 million increase and 115 new positions. Part of that is to help create a continuum of care, which, like the health system, would have some type of middle ground or urgent care. That's what Crisis Stabilization Units, or CSUs, are designed to do. Two recently opened in Vista and Oceanside, and there's plans for more
1: over the next few years. It's designed to make people feel more at ease, to sort of cultivate a sense of connection between people who show up there and the care providers who are there and all of that all of that like you know stuff that happens at the instance of initial engagement is really significant to what happens farther along in the trajectory
5: these crisis stabilization centers are where many people contacted by the new MCRT teams end up going
1: how do we make sure that we're getting folks to the right level of a of a service in crisis right not Going to 911, if if it's not life emergency, but going elsewhere where they can get that immediate help.
5: Nick Maschione leads the county's Health and Human Services Agency.
1: Our budget is approaching $3 billion. Nearly a billion of that is behavioral health services.
5: Maschione says in his 25 years with the county, he's only seen the need for behavioral health services increase. Officials report we're seeing nationwide trends in San Diego County. Overdoses are up, as are rates of psychological distress. People of color and those with lower incomes are disproportionately impacted and it's not just adults. The pandemic has caused a spike in mental health visits for kids. Officials want to be proactive and roll out a new program that will evaluate every
1: student. We're gonna start it in the middle school settings, screening every kid across all districts in this county in middle school settings. So we'll know, even if there's nothing that would suggest Uh, that they are at increased risk of behavioral health issues will know. Hi, MCRT. This is Michael.
5: Mobile crisis response teams are available 24-7 in San Diego County. And now people can call the national 988 crisis line to reach them too. Program operators say most referrals come in from third parties or police, but that's changing as more people become aware of the resource.
4: With the call volume going up, it's definitely kind of told us that having an alternative to law enforcement for mental health crises is very much needed in San Diego.
5: Matt Hoffman, KPBS News.
0: A young woman who reported being sexually assaulted by members of the SDSU football team spoke out a day after the school announced it's starting its own investigation. The assault happened at an off-campus party last October when the woman was 17. The woman, whom we are not identifying, says the school waited too long to start its own investigation to protect other young women like her.
6: It kind of scared me just because I do know how many girls go to these parties and make the decisions that I unfortunately made that night. It scares me for the other women and all of the other students altogether that had no idea. I think SDSU waited too long.
0: SDSU says it was asked not to start its own investigation because it could interfere with the San Diego Police Department's criminal investigation. So far, no one has been charged. Social justice organizations gathered in front of the San Diego County Courthouse downtown yesterday to demand change in county jails. The event came less than a week after a 23-year-old inmate died in custody, the 15th inmate to die this year. An independent report released in April showed that based on population, San Diego County jails had the highest number of people in the state who died without being sentenced. One of Tuesday's speakers was Patrick J. Germany, who says he's been in the system and that he is tired of hearing about deaths in the jails. He said everyone must take action.
2: I'm in pain. I'm traumatized. I'm all those things. All those titles fit me today. And If you don't wake up, if you don't watch it, it's going to be your loved one next.
0: The Sheriff's Department sent KPBS a statement saying that every death is a tragedy and they are focused on improvements and strive to make the jails safe. Coming up, San Diego sets its sights on zero emissions by 2035. We'll hear that story and more next, just after the break.
3: The
0: San Diego City Council approved a sweeping revision of its climate action plan yesterday. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has details.
2: The council voted overwhelmingly to approve a major update to the city's landmark climate-friendly planning document. San Diego was the first major city in the country to pass a climate action plan back in 2015, and this is the first update since then. The document calls for the city to reach a net-zero greenhouse gas emissions goal by 2035. City Council President Sean Hilo Rivera called the goals vital.
5: We'd have food and water security. We'd have abundant trees and plant life. We'd have clean air in every neighborhood. With those ideas in mind, we have every reason to work as hard as possible to achieve those goals.
2: The plan has more than 200 actionable steps to measure progress as the city moves toward the next review in 2027. Eric Anderson, KPBS News.
0: On the national level, a deal has been made on the federal climate action bill set to be voted on in the Senate. After longtime holdout, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia agreed to the package last week, Democrats are optimistic about its chances. The bill includes $369 billion in federal spending, various tax provisions, and a prescription drug price reduction initiative. And at its core, it is the first federal bill to set a carbon emissions reduction goal of 40% by 2030. Scott Peters represents San Diego in the House. He joined KPBS's Maureen Kavanaugh to talk more about the bill and how it might benefit San Diego.
7: People were sounding the death knell for this bill just a couple of weeks ago until Senator Manchin decided to support it. Did that come as a surprise to you?
8: Completely. It came as a surprise to me. I thought, I guess I always thought that the logic behind this was, was good. Uh, so I'm really happy with this progress. I would also caution that it's not a done deal yet. We, You know, I sort of believe it when it gets 50 votes in the Senate. But um, what I see so far is very encouraging.
7: It looks like every Republican senator will vote no on the bill. So can it pass with just Democrats voting for it in the Senate?
8: Yes, because it's a reconciliation bill. It has to do with federal outlays and revenues. There's a mechanism you can use to to pass it with a majority, which is 50 votes plus the vice president. So um, it can pass. And uh, that's been the plan all along. Although um, I think some people saw it as a much bigger, had much bigger aspirations than this. It's still quite historic.
7: What are the key elements to this climate and energy bill as you see it?
8: Well, it's got clean energy tax credits for solar, wind, and storage. That's going to help deploy a lot more energy uh, in San Diego and around the country. Billions of dollars for transport for transmission to help clean energy move from where it's generated to where it needs to go. Uh, money for ports, uh, tax credits for carbon capture utilization and storage, and hydrogen that'll help decarbonize heavy industries. We've got a sustainable aviation fuel credit so that Planes can be um, can be cleaner and our own algae industry in San Diego is excited about that. We've got wildfire and climate resilience money, tax credits for electric vehicles and high efficiency electric appliance uh, rebates. So it's kind of a across the board approach. Uh, it's as you said, over $350 billion will uh, be the biggest climate investment that this country has made. Maybe any country has made.
7: Wow. So if it does pass in the Senate, will you be called back to Washington?
8: Apparently, again, uh, you know, we're we're sort of waiting to see what happens. But um, I think uh, this is not the kind of thing that the speaker will wait on. If if we have the chance to vote on this, I think we'll all be um, taking another quick trip to Washington and getting this done.
7: Now, you've been working on bipartisan climate action in the House. So, do you think any Republican House members would support this bill?
8: No, I think I don't think so. Just not because they're opposed to every aspect of it. Although some of them might be. Uh, I think it's this has been a Democrat-only uh, vehicle, sort of akin to the Trump tax cuts were Repu- that were Republican-only. Uh, and one of the things I think you ought to we, we ought to just mention is that um, it does fix what I think were a lot of the defects in the Trump tax cut uh, bill. It um, establishes a corporate minimum fifteen percent tax, so that corporations who are paying zero will pay something. It also cracks down on tax cheating, which is worth billions and billions of dollars uh, to the federal budget. Uh, so I think there's some sensible tax provisions in as well that Republicans would not support. Uh, and as you mentioned, a drug pricing bill um, that I had a lot of uh, did a lot of work on will generate uh, somewhere between 250 and 300 billion dollars savings for the country by allowing uh, Medicare for the first time to negotiate uh, drug prices with manufacturers.
0: That was San Diego Congressman Scott Peters speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh. Tiki Oasis returns to Town & Country Resort for what it boasts is the biggest tiki weekender on the planet. For more than two decades, the convention has drawn people from all over the globe to celebrate tiki culture and escape the real world. KPBS arts reporter Beth Alcomando previews the event that kicks off tonight.
3: Let me say this up front. Tiki Oasis is about escape. Yes, there are horrible things going on in the world, from COVID to monkeypox to the war in Ukraine, but we don't have to think about them all the time. And for those times when you want a break from the real world, there's Tiki Oasis. There's
6: nothing too serious at Tiki Oasis, and I think that we've had a few serious years.
3: Sassy Stiletto is Miss Tiki Oasis 2016.
6: So it's really nice to kind of kick back uh, with your friends, have a few drinks, and you get to hang up by the pool. It's like a vacation within a vacation.
3: But Tiki Oasis acknowledges some of the criticism it's received. On Sunday, it's holding a free-to-attend seminar called Talking Tiki, presented by the Tiki Oasis Diversity and Inclusion Council. It'll address appropriation versus appreciation of cultures as it discusses minority cultures, tiki culture, and mid-century Americana. Last year, Tiki Oasis returned from quarantine to celebrate its 20th year at the newly renovated Town and Country Resort, which boasts a lot of mid-century decor that Tiki Oasis revels in. So for room and suite parties, you won't see people moving out the beds and furniture as much as they used to, says Dottie DeVille.
4: They decorate
0: their rooms, they have a theme, they bring in different bands, artists, DJs, performers, they will set up a bar. And you go in, you experience the livelihood of Tiki Oasis nighttime parties, you grab a libation and you mosey on to the next party.
3: Libations are important to DeVille, who's co-hosting the bartender battle. She says the final round will be done Iron Chef style with sassy stiletto adding some flair to the proceedings. She is going to rip open a bag where we're going to display the secret ingredient where they have to battle it out.
0: And they have, I believe, 10 minutes to battle it out and make a cocktail for all six judges.
3: Bartenders get points for creativity, taste, and the story behind their cocktail. That's because backstories are important. They can provide insight into how people get into tiki culture. Take Chris Krause.
2: I grew up in Buffalo, which is probably the least tropical place in America. And my grandparents met in the Philippines. As Sven Kirsten says in his book of tiki, when the the veterans came back after World War II, after being in exotic locales, they wanted to relive the positives of that experience, there were so many negatives. And they came back to uh, whatever small town they were from in middle America, and these tiki bars started popping up. Uh, it was a way for them to escape.
3: Krauss escaped the Buffalo winners watching mid-century spy shows and movies, which introduced him to fezes, those
2: short cylindrical felt hats with tassels. And they're exotic in that Hollywood used it as shorthand whenever they wanted to present a different locale in the old movies. The bad guy always wears a fez, and it's shorthand for, quote-unquote, the other. Something, you know, we don't understand to describe a place that we've never been.
3: Krauss will be doing a seminar all about the history of the fez.
2: The first president of Turkey, when the Ottoman Empire was abolished, he outlawed the fez and actually made it punishable by the death penalty to have a fez. And uh, I'm not sure if people know that.
3: But Fezzes are welcome at Tiki Oasis, as are immaculate vintage outfits and perfectly coiffed hair. For Sassy Stiletto, the convention was all about finding a community.
6: So instead of being the person that stands out in a room, you're in a room of people that are all standing out. And the great thing about Tiki Oasis is that everyone's happy and cheers on other people in their outfits and loves them and notices it, new sunglasses, new hat, whatever.
3: Tiki Oasis offers dancing, seminars, live music, an art show, tropical cocktails, and a marketplace of more than 150 artists and makers. It's a lot to take in, says Sassy Stiletto.
6: I went there the first time as a hair model, thinking that it was just going to drop in and drop out. That was 11 years ago, and I've been every year since. So I'm pretty sure you'll get addicted. You'll be overwhelmed. It'll be amazing. So check it out.
3: So make your escape to the tropics this week with Tiki Oasis. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. Tiki Oasis kicks off
0: tonight and runs through Sunday at the Town & Country Resort. The art show and Tiki Marketplace are free and open to the public. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day.